This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. We're going to take a look at stories around the region, starting off with the Philippines kicking off their election campaign season yesterday. And in Malaysia, new, new conditions are set in place for high risk groups to retain COVID 19 vaccination privileges. We'll also be discussing Thailand's efforts to ink bilateral travel deals with China and Malaysia. Let's find out more from Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times. Leslie, good morning. How are you, man? Hey, good morning, Elliot. Good morning, Bucky. I'm doing good. Excellent. Let's uh, start off by talking about the situation where you're from in Malaysia. Uh, They're trying to blunt the impact of the Omicron wave. They've announced uh, selected high-risk groups will lose full vaccination privileges if they don't take the booster shot by the end of this month. This is sounding very familiar. Let's talk about this category. I mean, how, how, what, what makes the category and why suddenly so aggressive? Well, you know, the, um, the category is basically people with the uh, Sinovac vaccine. I'm, I'm one of ah. them. I've got, my, I've got my booster shot, which is uh, the Pfizer. Okay. Mm. And, and I think they believe, the medical experts here believe that, you know, the booster shot is actually your best protection against the Omicron virus. And so particularly for those above 60, they want them to get their booster shots before the end of the month. Otherwise, they lose their vaccination status. So that is, I think this is to to ramp up an already, you know, kind of successful vaccination campaign that Malaysia has had. You know, a lot of people, uh, most adults, I think more than 80% have been already vaccinated. So I think the government basically is taking these top precautions. And, you know, they also yesterday, the the committee for the National Recovery Council has decided that they want to fully open borders as early as March. So... To meet with those requirements, I think this this ramping up of the vaccine getting tough bit with with kind of high risk groups that's taking place. What about so the backdrop? What about the low risk groups? Well, you know the thing is that they're trying to get as many people with boosters, even with the low risk groups. You know, so uh, the booster campaign here is is clearly being stepped up, and I think because what we're seeing is a spike in Omicron the infection numbers are going up again. They've hit 15,000 already. And there are estimates privately among uh, infectious disease experts that I've spoken to that it could go up as high as 25,000, 30,000 before the end of the month. So so I think it's against this backdrop that the government's basically saying low risk, high risk, get your booster. That's basically the, the message out there. Yeah, yeah. I think no matter where you're from, that that really should be the message, uh, especially in light of this uh, variant. Uh, Leslie, if you don't mind, I want to go over to Myanmar. The military leader, Min Hyang, has agreed to arrange for an ASEAN special envoy from Cambodia to meet members of the ousted ruling party on a future visit. Let's talk about the significance of this and where does Ms. Aung San Suu Kyi fit into all of this? Well, you know, it is, I guess, given the, you know, how this, the twist and turns in this crisis, <laughs> where it just, we just come on to, which is almost a year now. Mm. This is, to some extent, significant, but I don't think it will satisfy the rest of ASEAN. Cambodia, as you know, has always been warm towards Myanmar, yeah. the Myanmar military, yeah. and they're trying to present, to show moves that the, the military is offering concessions to to ASEAN's uh, wider efforts for in trying to come up 
and get some kind of resolution there. Okay. But wh- whether this will satisfy the larger ASEAN, I certainly doubt it. I certainly doubt it. And coming back to which, Aosan Suchi, I don't think the Cambodian foreign minister, who's going to be the representative for ASEAN here, will get to meet her in this first visit. It has been acknowledged already by the Cambodians that it is going to be a series of visits. And perhaps further down the road, we probably might see uh, she being included as one of one of them that the, who the ASEAN envoy will meet. But I don't think that is going to happen in, in the initial stages. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. The thing is, Leslie, every day for the last three months, an average of six or seven families in Myanmar have posted notices in the country's state-owned newspapers, cutting ties with sons, daughters, nieces, nephews, grandkids, those who have publicly opposed the ruling military junta. What does all of this suggest about the way Myanmar's military is handling opposition activists? Well, you know, this this suggests another nasty turn again, you know, in this in this crisis, right, the way the military is handling it. But, you know, this is not really unusual when it comes to the, to the, to the Myanmar military. Uh, they've done this before in 2007 in the 80s process too. But this time around, it's been done with increasing frequency. And I think this just shows how, you know, how really bad the situation has become. And I think we're going to see things turn for the worst much more than this, and this is just going to be the tip of the iceberg, you know. Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for the Straits Times, is on the line with us this morning. Let's turn our attention now to the Philippines. Election season starting off yesterday. Ferdinand Marcos Jr. leading the presidential race. He's seeking the ultimate revival of the family brand in that sense. Um, what else do we have? The return of Marcos to Malacanang, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, the presidential palace. Is it unthinkable for millions of Filipinos? I mean, how did the son of this late dictator, Ferdinand Marcos, manage to hold a double-digit lead going into the polls? I mean, it's three months ahead of those elections that are set to happen May 9th. Your thoughts? Uh, Well, you know, for one, this is a result of a major rebranding exercise that the Marcoses have undertaken for, for the past decade now. Since the since the return uh, from exile in the early 90s, and so I think this is uh, shows uh, aggressive use of social media and all the kind of stuff which have been very very successful. Even though that there is a lot of misinformation in this uh, in this this rebranding exercise, right. but you know you also have to think that over half of the country's more than 60 million voters are under 40 now. So they did not live through the Marcos uh, regime and oppression and, and plunder. So okay. you can understand why these numbers are there. But, you know, these are still early days. These are still early days. But you have to credit that he, the Marcoses, particularly the son, has they've undertaken a very major and effective rebranding campaign. And uh, they've seen the fruits of it. Well, it sounds like a pretty rollicking time in the Philippines moving yes. forward. Uh, but we should talk about Thailand as well, Leslie. It plans to hold travel bubble talks with China and Malaysia this month, days after resuming a quarantine-free visa program to boost tourist arrivals. Of course, these are seen as key to sustaining an emerging economic recovery in Thailand. Why do they see the return of Chinese and Malaysian tourists in particular as key to a sustainable rebound? 
Well, I think these two groups uh, represent a major source uh, of regulatory uh, arrivals in to Thailand, and the recovery of the of the tourism sector is nowhere near the pre-COVID days. So the government really sees the need that you know you really need to bump things up, and are not you know, and try and uh, get this national recovery going, you know. So really desperate times. And I think you're going to see more of this around uh, Southeast Asia, where countries are deciding that, look, we we need to live with this thing. And that is, is happening also here in Malaysia. And I'm sure it's going to happen in Singapore too, you know, where, I mean, taking uh, of uh, take, temperature taking is no longer part of the SOP. And, you know, like Malaysia too wants to open by, by by the end of this month. And so all of this is happening. Thailand is doing this travel bubble. I'm sure Malaysia is going to have a travel bubble with Thailand too. So all of this, we're going to see more opening up, I think, gradually, but it's going to happen. That means see you soon, Leslie. Leslie Lopez, (laughs) the correspondent for The Straits Times. Leslie, appreciate your time this morning. You take care and stay safe, yeah? Thank you very much. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.